0: This is the Change Management Podcast by the University of South Wales. My name is Dr. Louise Bright, and today I'm joined by Dr. Amanda Smith from the Professional Development Centre. In this episode, we'll be discussing the new ways of working for teams and good practice in communication and planning change. Hi, Amanda. Hello. Thanks for joining us today. Before we start, I was hoping you could tell us a bit about your background.
1: Yes, well, I have had a career in the NHS, for becoming an executive coach. I work now with senior leaders across sectors and industries, and a number of them are entrepreneurs, generally small businesses. And my NHS career did take me into being an executive director on one board, but most of my work is with independent organisations.
0: So you've got a broad array of experience, really, from your own personal experience and from working with different types of organisations. Mm-hmm. And, and from that experience and given you know the massive shift that all organisations are, are kind of having to push through at the moment, given the pandemic, what are you seeing as the main challenges that organisations are facing at the moment?
1: I think the speed at which everything has changed and the sort of the burning platform That's made everyone leap into whatever they can do without all the planning that normally goes with any kind of change, let alone something as great as this. So, yes, you know, we've got what we're all familiar with, with people working at home uh, if they can. And obviously all the challenges if you can't or if you're doing a mix. And I think it's easy to think about home as, as being a, a comfortable place to work, perhaps, but actually we don't have the right chairs necessarily. We we didn't buy our homes to have an office in it five days a week or even longer. And then you've got all the sort of, you know, interruptions, you've got bandwidth issues, you're fighting over who's gonna have priority over any kind of, you know, streaming. And then, you know, homeschooling, dogs coming in, various things, competing for space yes that's obviously something that is affecting people but also they don't necessarily want to say too much about that perhaps so there's a lot of stress and and, you know tension around that so so that's the one thing and then i think you know actually making those communication communicating in a different way is really important it's exposed some assumptions actually about communication i think from the people i've worked with there is an assumption that you're in an office and you you know because you're there you know what's going on and you're up to date with with you know the agenda and actually you may well not be and certainly you know one of my clients her, uh, who's an exec has said how actually she feels much more in tune with the decisions and the thinking that's going on because of the way they're now having to to meet and communicate you know i think i think it has exposed those assumptions the the other thing, of course, is around, you know, some global industries are set up to communicate remotely, you know, or, or even just national industries. But there is often that culture of travel and quite intensive periods of face to face time to build those relationships. And so um, I was only talking to um, a very senior exec um, from a shipping industry last week about actually how that's really thrown them in terms of building relationships and pointing out, it's okay for people who've already got firm relationships, the people who've been in the organisations for longer and have established very strong business relationships. But for the youngsters and the newcomers coming in, actually, where is that space where they're going to work? The the people who do work in that way, uh, how are they going to do that? So there's there's still a lot of learning going on. Interested in learning about driving organisational change? search for the USW Change Maker programme.
0: I think communication is, is a really interesting topic in terms of, you know, the virtual space that we've all been pushed into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right, where you've got existing relationships, that communication just continues through a screen. Mm. But what I find challenging, which I didn't think I would actually, is how, you, how much you rely on reading the room, body language, people's moods just by small things sometimes the things they don't say rather than what they do say and I think that for me is really difficult virtually to pick up those nuances that I didn't realise I was so reliant on in the real world.
1: Yes I mean, I mean I agree and actually with my speech and language therapy background you know a lot of our, our work was in in the sort of nonverbal area and how important how important that is for conveying meaning, or certainly how powerful that is in conveying meaning. It doesn't mean that you can't do it through other means. And in fact, I mean, a lot of my coaching I've done over the years has been over the telephone. So it is possible sometimes to be distracted by body language. So, you know, it's it's complex, but absolutely. I think it also has to play into the fact that different people feel differently about it. Some people are more comfortable being on their own or working uh, quietly and communicating at a distance, and other people find that really difficult. So you know, I think it's it's going mean, to be so important for people to understand the team and and invest time in finding out you know exactly how how the best way is to communicate and get to know people.
0: And I I think I've I've seen that play out with some colleagues who are almost overjoyed at the opportunity to have thinking space and time to themselves where they can really, really concentrate on tasks. And some of them have said, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best work because I I can do this without being disturbed. I, I've got peace. Whereas, as you say, there are others who find it incredibly difficult to adjust to, as you've said, working in a place that, that you know, isn't an office, isn't necessarily set up for you know, to be a good working environment and and really that missing that communication with the team. I think there are there are some people that are really struggling with that. And I wonder as 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 a leader, how do you strike a balance in terms of this new way of working and making sure that you get the best out of all of your colleagues?
1: I mean, I think it is that taking that time that you may not have done before to spend on your people. And I know I've I've heard discussion about a very senior successful CEO sort of saying right 50% of my time is now going to be on the people. Um, I'm going to be investing in making sure that they all sort of they know what they're doing and I, that their relationship with me is okay. It's got to be about making decisions. I mean, it's going to be all the fundamentals, really, of being a good leader. And I think that's a really important thing to remember, that although the way that we're working is is different now, it hasn't always been like this. Um, and, and in fact, the fundamentals don't change. The way that you build trust with your team, the way that you um, build that relationship, actually, the, 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 the building blocks of those things haven't changed you go back to um, Stephen Covey, who lots of people quote, I think it's fantastic, but we're going back to sort of 1992 around that, you know, and and, and um, he, you know, he focused on openness and honesty and making timely decisions, being, you know, demonstrating integrity, walking the talk, uh, empathy and caring. Lots of people are talking about empathy at the moment and caring and commitment, reliability and all of those things nothing's changed so we just need to make sure okay well maybe we weren't doing it that well before maybe we thought we had everyone together you know you know all in a team actually this is making people have to think about oh, am I doing that well maybe I wasn't doing it that well you know what am I doing to make sure that I do those things so I, I actually think we should be revisiting some of our some of the fundamentals and just doing a check you mentioned there the word trust. And I read your recent
0: blog and you, you talked in that blog a lot about trust too. I think it's sometimes difficult to gain trust when you're remote.
1: How do you think as leaders we can best reassure our teams? We need to have genuine curiosity about your team. You need to care about the difficulties they may be having, be empathetic, understanding their perspectives, but also very much listening to them, listening to their solutions, listening to the innovation and the creativity that's coming out of a situation like this. So I think there are lots of opportunities in this but it is about showing leadership, showing that interest, being able to make a decision, being consistent with what you say you're going to do and also keeping people informed because things are still changing all the times, and certainly uh, some of the um, people that I've been talking to recently have been have really, really stepped up their meeting arrangements, but kept them short. So you know regular, either daily, twice weekly, weekly brief- briefings, depending on what they're for, half an hour max probably. But just keeping people connected, in touch, checking in without micromanaging, without worrying about whether somebody's at their desk all the time and reassuring the team that it's okay get, you know you have to get out i mean you can't spend all day stuck in front of zoom or whatever you know you might want to walk the dog you may want to have core hours um, as a leader i think that's important where people have got to get hold of other people but within those hours you know you may have a flexible couple of hours at lunchtime, and obviously people might want to do something extra in the evening but Whatever it is, you're not sort of being being measured by how long you're sat there in front of your computer. You're actually being allowed to make the most out of yourself and the way that you work, and the time of day that you're most creative. So, yeah, I think listening to people's ideas and running with them—it's interesting as well.
0: And in a lot of the answers that you've given me, you've talked about communication. And another leader that I was speaking to was saying, actually, in this environment. There almost can't be too much communication with teens. And we were observing as leaders, it's quite difficult if you do step up that communication. And I'm interested in what you said about, you know, short, sharp, not necessarily spending hours at a time, but you know, really brief, useful briefings. But that that is leading to some leaders actually feeling quite burnt out because they're trying to do everything that they were doing before and giving extra time to teams. So I think we we often talk about how do we look after our teams, but I guess there's
1: something here about how leaders look after themselves and their own well-being, yeah, because I mean, they're part of the team as well. Mm. And I agree. I think one of my coaches that I was talking to recently, was talking about the difficulty of appearing. she didn't want to change her mind in front of her team. She was discussing an approach that they'd made and then thought, actually, maybe it was better to do something slightly differently. But she said, I feel at this time I need to be really decisive, and I want to be able for them to feel confident in me and that And so we talked about different leadership styles, talked about Daniel Goldman, and maybe considering moving in and out of certain leadership styles there are times in an emergency where you have to be you have to be on it and you have to be quick people don't want a long <laughs> a long discussion about the pros and cons of something if you've got a real a real fire burning under your feet however after that you know when you're making significant decisions particularly thinking about the future and planning you do need to be a different sort of leader or certainly use some different uh, leadership skills so you do need to have Uh, a toolbox of leadership skills that you can use with authenticity, that you can use genuinely, not that you you put a different hat on and you have to feel comfortable, but it is okay. Um, In fact, it's really good for your team to see that you have vulnerabilities and that you um, are struggling with certain things and that you are likely to see their issues uh, empathetically as well. And and you know, you need you need to find people I mean obviously you've got your peers, you've got your own manager. I mean, it gets lonely when you get up to the top, there's no question about it. But you do need to be a human being as well. And I think to try and be superhuman will will only end in disaster. Um so but lots and lots of benefits, I think, in terms of that building trust and the relationship with your team, if you're honest and open. Um, about your environment and let's face it you know sometimes we're on zoom and um you know yes the dog will bark or some delivery will happen or a cat will leap on the screen or whatever but actually that replaces some of the other conversations that you used to have in the office that were informal, didn't it? And, um, and actually, all of a sudden, yeah, that human bit comes out. And that sort of, you know, so it isn't about not being able to build relationships because someone's, um, you know, on, on the other side of a Zoom screen. You, you do get to see in their homes, which you don't normally see. So there are other opportunities to, to sort of chat about stuff that's, that's not just work. That's very true.
0: I want to come back. I want to finish with um, the future. But before we do, Given that you've got lots of experience of working with other organisations, I was wondering if you could share with us where you think organisations have have managed to do well in this period of change and and what we can learn from them.
1: Well, I was thinking about that and I I mean, I'm thinking generally about successes and I don't think we're through it enough to know what people have done well, particularly where really good organisations have had to, say, let people go, for example. There are ways of doing that well. There are ways of demonstrating that, you, you know, you care. But I think in terms of being consistent, I think where organisations are asking themselves questions, they don't have the answers. They're being consistent in their communication with their team. But they're also continuing to ask the questions and look for solutions. And, and I think there are some things that, um, like, uh, for example, where you had a dispersed workforce and you had some of your team were meeting, others were less able to get to those meetings. And all of a sudden now, everyone's on an, even, on an even level playing field. Everyone's meeting together. And I know that where that, as an example of where that's happening, that everybody is delighted with it. And yet you could say, well, why on earth? Hasn't that happened before? Because we could have done it. But you didn't do it because as soon as some people can go in, then everyone else wants to be in because if you're, you're not in, you're being left out. And so I think yeah. it's partly now that people, the successes are where people are being treated on a level. Where there have been concerns has been where officers are talking about opening And opening on certain days and possibly doing it for some and not for others. And I think the organisations that are being very effective are finding out from the teams how they want to work well together. So, for example, should they come in for a meeting space to actually get together and discuss things? And should the officers look differently for those days that they come in? The employees, a lot of feedback has been that I'm, I love working at home, but I don't want to be at home if other people are in because I'm going to miss out. So actually, I want to know that everyone's at home or I want to know that, you know, we're all in and we know when we're in and we know why we're in and when the right people are in. So the team that I'm with are in on a certain day or et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's about moving forward together with the team with the various elements of the organization to rethink how first of all it's working now and to make sure that they're making the most of how they're working now but also to learn from what's happening and to listen to where people have got concerns or that people may want to work differently in the future I think those are the examples, but, you know, I don't think it's easy to say, oh, this place has got it right. Other than the examples I've given about the meeting, you know, the structure of meetings, I've seen some very, very good comms where people in the team have been really, really calm because they feel they know what's happening, They know they're going to have a check in with the leads on a Tuesday and on a Friday, beginning, end of the week, not right at the beginning, so they can get started. They know they've got sort of a bit more of a debrief at some other time in the week. They know they've got a larger meeting across two teams at one point in the week or fortnightly. And so all of those places are there for the key decisions and information and discussions to be had. And then in between, they've got access to the people that they work with in their team to, you know, to discuss things and uh, and their line manager. Those are the sort of conversations that, that people have been having. Finally, if you had a crystal
0: ball, what do you think work looks like in the future and what, do you think organisations are going to have to do to not only survive, but to thrive?
1: Well, it's interesting, because it's a sort of a question that I ask people that I'm working with. Um, I haven't actually said crystal ball, but I do say visualise, but I think a crystal ball would be would be possibly a good one. The innovation that has come out of what's happened, I think, is, has been a real launch pad. And I think people now are looking ahead in a very different way, obviously, than, than they were planning before. So you know, a, a lot of planning has happened and a lot of change has happened very quickly. And so people weren't expecting where they are now to have happened yet. The sort of couple of exercises that I tend to do with my clients are currently are, are one ask that question, are you talking about going back to normal? Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about going to something new? Are you talking about something in between? It does affect the way that people are visualising what the future is going to look like. Personally, I would think it's going to be a hybrid. I think there's a risk of people falling back into old, older patterns of working. And so the other exercise that I challenge that I give to people is ask Four questions, and in fact, this has been really uh, well-received by by leaders and their teams. Ask four questions for yourself and your team to work through. And they're fairly straightforward. The first one is, what have we learned from this new way of working that we like and that we'd like to continue with? So there'll be elements of working at home that come into that, elements of not traveling, etc. That that we are all familiar with. There'll be other things, though, depending on what the sector is and what the business is. And what have we learned that we don't like? Is there anything we can change about this? And so it's actually capturing the the essence of what's been great and what hasn't been great and gathering that from all the team members from the different perspectives so that you're starting to form a picture of what the future would look like. Then you also say, well, what do we really miss? Why do we miss that? Can we achieve this some other way? And that's really important. It's not just about all oh, this brave new world. We forget all the old stuff. Actually, there were some really, really good nuggets. And, and you know, you mentioned some in terms of the face to face and the you know the body language and being with people. And and you know, I I was talking to somebody a, a a client yesterday who said, yes, I can carry on working here on Zoom with my with my clients. However, I think if I thought I was going to be doing this day after day for the next year, I think I might go out of my head. So. She, you know, she did miss that face to face she does work in schools as well. She said, I really miss that dynamic in schools, being the teacher, being the children. Um, and then the fourth final question is, what don't we miss? Can we ensure we don't go back to this in future? And that, you know, some of the things that will come up will be obvious, like, um, like traveling, um, you know, spending those hours um driving around. It's not all negative, but some of that travel. But there'll be other things like don't don't miss, you know, whatever it is that the, that they didn't like. So this is the opportunity for every member of a team to put it all on the table and say, right, this is what I've learned. This is what I na- I like about this new stuff. This is what I liked, actually, and I miss about the old stuff. Now I haven't had it for a while. Well, what can the future look like that combines the best of all of that and minimises the stuff we didn't like?
0: That's really useful. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take those four questions and ask them. Amanda, thank you very much for your time today. It's been a really fascinating conversation.
1: Oh, well, it's nice to talk to you, Louise. Thank you for asking me. Thank you.
0: If you want to hear more of the Change Management podcast, please don't forget to subscribe. And to find out more about this podcast and our other business services at the University of South Wales, please visit southwales.ac.uk slash business.